0: amazing people today we launch a new series called stop and reconsider as we look at the parables of Jesus and take time to really reflect on the importance of these parables for our lives I'm going to be doing a devotional podcast later this week unpacking another parable but here's the message from Sunday from our zoom church catch-up can I encourage you to take time and space to stop and reconsider the words of Jesus this morning Pastor Jace launched a new series called The Real Jesus uh, and he's going to be unpacking seven miracles in the Gospel of John, discovering the real Jesus and so we th- I thought we'd continue that vein here at North Perth and and look at the parables of Jesus and the significance of what Jesus is doing with these parables. You see, the parables are more than just a sermon illustration. Uh, They're more than just a nice fluffy story to make us feel good. Uh, But they have significant importance in just the message of the kingdom of heaven. The message that Jesus has brought, he chose to use parables often to actually share this message. And so we're going to have a look at this, uh, the significance of these parables. Um, N.T. Wright, an amazing professor, he says it like this He says, as a part of his campaign, Jesus told stories. They were, for the most part, not simply illustrations, that is, preachers' tricks to decorate an abstract thought or complicated teaching. If anything, they were the opposite. Jesus' stories are designed to tease to clothe the shocking and revolutionary message about God's kingdom in garb that would, lo- that would leave the listeners wondering, trying to think it out. They were stories that eventually caused Israel's leaders to decode his rich message in such a way as to frame a charge against him, either of blasphemy, sedition, or leading the people astray. Whatever the parables are, they are not, as children are sometimes taught in Sunday school earthly stories with heavenly meaning. Rather, they are expressions of Jesus's shocking announcement that God's kingdom was arriving on earth, as in, as in heaven. Wow, the significance of these stories—that they're not just kind of nice earthly stories that make us feel good. Uh, that uh, that's how I've often read these uh, incredible stories. But they, they, the message of God coming here to earth, as it is in heaven. Incredible significance. And so let's see the significance of Jesus' pronouncements of the the kingdom. He was here coming to earth going, I'm God, people. Hey, come and follow me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And this is his way of showing and revealing his message through these incredible stories. And so we're going to look at uh, one parable today, uh, and that is Luke 8, which is uh, an, an incredible parable. Uh, off, it, it's actually a parable in all three synoptic Gospels, gospels Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, and all positioned in places of uh, significance where Jesus is about to unveil and release his way of living, the kingdom of heaven. And uh, so uh, this also is a parable that is often referred to as the parable about parables. And so l- we're going to have a read and look at this great parable in Luke 8. From verse 4, it says, When a great crowd gathered, and people from town after town came to him, came to Jesus, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell on the path and was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered for lack of moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew with it and choked. Some fell into good soil, and when it grew, it produced a hundredfold. As he said this, he called out, Let anyone with ears to hear listen. Then his disciples asked him what this parable meant. Now, this is one of the very rare parables that actually gets explained by Jesus, the meaning. He said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of god but to others i speak in parables so that looking they may not perceive and listening they may not understand Mm, interesting now the parable is this the seed is the word of god the one the ones on the path are those who have heard then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved The ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But those have no root. They believe only for a while, and in a time of testing fall away. As for what fell among the thorns, those are the ones who hear, but as they they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. But as for that in the good soil, these are the ones who, when they hear the word, Hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patient endurance. Now, we have to understand that all these stories, all, the, all of what is written in the Bible, is in a context. That Jesus is saying this story in a context of, of Israelites in, in a time where uh, it was very important that he was bringing the kingdom of God, that it it's important to actually identify and, and figure out. What is the context that Jesus is bringing it? Yes, he's about to uh, uh, release this this vision, this thought of what he is doing, what he is bringing forth. But some of the words that get referenced here have significance and meaning to the people of Israel as a whole. He actually uh, directly quotes a quote from Isaiah six, the quote that he says, "Look, looking they may not perceive, and listening they may not understand." See, so this is a, a direct quote from Isaiah six. And Isaiah 6 starts off uh, with an amazing vision, a vision where Isaiah sees the Lord in the temple. His, his, the, the hem of his robe fills the temple. He sees himself in the most holy of holy places, a place where, as a prophet, he was not allowed to go. And even more so, he was unclean. He was ritually unclean. He didn't go through a ritual process to be clean. And so Isaiah is in this moment going, I'm a dead man. I'm, I'm, I do not belong here. I have got sin. I've got uncleanness on me. I don't belong in this place of the most holy of holies, experiencing God's presence. But yet a surprising twist of the story happens, and God actually redeems him. He actually brings a colon and he cleanses Isaiah. Where he thought he was going to be killed, he actually is cleansed and forgiven. He is atoned for because of what God had done in his life. And then out of that great vision, uh, he speaks and says, who will be my voice? Who will go for me and declare the voice of God to the people? And Isaiah is like, here I am, Lord, send me. And as uh, directly after that statement from Isaiah, we get this verse in verse 9. And God said, go and say to this people, keep listening, but do not comprehend. Keep looking, but do not understand. Make the mind of this people dull and stop their ears and shut their eyes so that they may not look with their eyes and listen with their ears and comprehend with their minds and turn and be healed. Then, he, then Isaiah said, How long, O Lord? And he said, Until cities lie waste without inhabitants and houses without people and the land is utterly desolate until the Lord sends everyone far away and is the emptiness in the midst of the land. Even if a tenth part remain in it, it will be burned again like a terebinth or an oak. Whose stump remains standing. When it is felled, the holy seed is its stump. The holy seed is its stump. Now, if we think about the context of Isaiah 6, this is at a time where the people of Israel have time and time again rejected God. That God has sent prophets, he's sent kings, he's sent people to call the people of Israel back to his heart. But time and time again, they've rejected him, they've fallen away from him, they've followed foreign gods, they've done their own thing, following their own way of living. And so God's just like, no, you know what, this is a time now where my people are going to go into exile that everything's going to go lie-waste, that what people thought was them building up their own kind of way of doing life is actually going to get destructed because they've fallen away from the voice of God. They've fallen away from hearing my heart. But it's okay. There's going to be a stump where a seed, a holy seed, something's going to grow from this stump. Out of the desolation, out of the destruction, there's going to be something that grows. And that is the place, that's the context of what Jesus is speaking into. He's, he's saying, hey, my parables, they're going to be confusing for some people. Some people aren't going to understand it because what they have actually done is, is try to live in their own way. Try to understand and take on their own way of living. And so they're not going to comprehend. They're not going to understand the message of God, even if they I spoke it clearly plainly and clearly. They're actually going to fight up against it and uh, ignore it. So I'm going to speak in parables so that they don't understand, so that they can't comprehend. And so it actually requires someone to stop and think about it. It requires someone to actually hear this confusing story and go, I don't really understand the meaning of that, but if I stop and think of its significance, maybe I might get what Jesus is saying. Another great uh, author, a, a guy who has written uh, a massive 900-page book uh, about, solely about parables. And he unpacks every parable and just looks at its context and significance and meaning. An incredible book um, I recommend if you are, are kind of wanting to get into parables. His name is Klein Snodgrass. What a name. Um, he says, direct communication is important for conveying information but learning is more than information intake, especially if the learner is someone who already thinks they understand. People entrenched in their current understanding set their defenses against direct communication and end up conforming the message into the channels of their current understanding of reality. But indirect communication finds a way in through the back window to confront a person's view of reality. A parable's ultimate aim is to draw in the listener, to awaken insight, to stimulate conscious, and move to action. Jesus's parables are prophetic instruments used to get God's people to stop, reconsider their way of viewing reality, and to change their behavior. That's an amazing summary of what Jesus here is doing in the parables essentially summarizing all that jesus uses parables to announce the kingdom of god in a way that forces us to stop and reconsider that's what we have here in parables jesus pronouncing he's here as god giving us a new way to live and if we have ears to hear will we listen if we have hearts that are open will we hear if we have soil that is actually ready to respond to God's voice and God's word, will it go deep and impact our lives? And I've thought about this heaps as even as a parent. Uh, now that Seela is uh, talking more and more every day, uh, it's just so funny hearing her say things that Michaela and I say, uh, and you know it's very cute, and we laugh m- most of the time. Uh, but the other day, Michaela was listening to one of my devotional podcasts uh, with Seela, and, and uh, at the end of the podcast, uh, Seela turned to Michaela and she said, "Don't worry about it, mummy." Uh, and that was something that I just mentioned on the podcast. And, and now it's just a phrase that she just brings up every now and then. Don't, don't worry about it, Daddy. Don't worry about it. Uh, and It's just, you know, it's super cute. Um, but uh, it is, it's, it's so crazy that these little humans, these ch- uh, children, uh, are saying what we're saying. They're speaking our words. They're actually entrenched into our world. They're entrenched into who we are. And so they're going to actually speak words that we speak. Um, and it's kind of scary and nervous, but it's, it's pretty cool and, and funny uh, and an incredible opportunity to be able to speak uh, life and uh, significance into our kids' lives. Um, and so this is the voice of the parent being saturated into our child. This is what it means to actually let the voice and the words of God saturate into our hearts. So this is the significance of this parable: is Jesus unpacking these soils and these different situations of life, where maybe potentially the uh, the devil is, has told us lies, or life has has tried to constrict us, or we've gone to shallow ground, or we, we've chased after uh, success or riches. We've chased after these things, and for some reason the soil isn't quite receptive to God's voice and what God is trying to say to us. This is the significance. For how we are called to live it had significance for the day and age of jesus the importance of what god was bringing here on earth as jesus declared his way the kingdom of heaven but it has significance for us today the question is do we stop and reconsider what we think do we take time to hear god's word to the seed as jesus said is god's word And the soil is our heart. The question is, do we stop and reconsider how we are living and behaving every single day? This is a daily practice and something that I'm challenged on continually to to stop and reconsider how God is calling me to live. And I, I've been challenged by this even just recently. Um, you know, with with everything that's been happening, I, I feel like I've been busier and more doing more things, and uh, been asked to, to be involved and do more. Uh, and as a result, I felt like I haven't truly heard God's voice as much as I've I've hoped to. I haven't actually had time to to get away and and spend that good amount of time really in His voice, hearing Him day after day in every kind of these key moments of my life. And I still do it. I still have devotion uh, most most days. But it's it's about actually allowing our hearts to stop and reconsider what we're doing. Actually, not just going through the motion of, of a scriptural reading or just, yes, praying what you need to, but actually stop and reconsidering, God, what are you speaking to me? How are you calling me to live? And this needs to, to challenge how we live, challenge what kind of uh, attitude and, and lifestyle we live, that we're not just called to do, 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 and just do all these things, but are actually called to stop and reconsider. And I find that so intriguing that Jesus chose the method of these parables, not to just tell you how to do it in clear, plain language, but actually get you to stop and reconsider. What is he, well, wow, what is the significance of what's going on? How can I understand, how can I hear, what he's calling me to hear. And so that's our call for us as we continue to do this. This week, why why don't we just think about that? Have you got moments where you're stopping and reconsidering? Even if it's like lunchtime and you're like, you could easily just spend some time on your phone. Why don't you every day, every lunch this week, why don't you actually spend 10 minutes to just stop and reconsider what he is calling us to do and how is he calling us to live? Look at that for you. It could be a morning thing, a night thing, but take time, take moments to stop and not just kind of fill it with things, but to consider how you're calling me to live Jesus. So let's do that. Let's go on that journey together. Love you guys. Uh, we I could kind of expound and unpack every one of these soils and the importance and significance of of these soils in our lives and that's important but I'm not gonna do that because I think we need to actually let these words actually soak them into our hearts and stop and consider for ourselves rather than me expound it for you why don't you for yourself stop and consider the significance of what Jesus is saying and how he's calling us to live and so let's do that. Again, um, the summary of these parables, Jesus uses parables to announce the kingdom of God in a way that forces us to stop and reconsider. So let's do it. Stop and reconsider, people. Love you guys.